from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, Chiefs Kingdom. This is Locked On Chiefs for the beginning of April. We are entering draft month here in a day or two, and it's going to be uh, really, really interesting how this team goes about building their roster. We have a bit of news we're going to get to, as well as take a look at what this draft might bring in opportunities to trade around, as well as some prospects that we think might be available and might be a fit at 31. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and your host at RGR Football. And I'm Chris Clark. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. And I cannot wait to get into draft season because this is one of my favorite times of year. Yeah, mine too. And we're brought to you by Built Bar today. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 50% off of your next order. Um, they will fuel us as we fuel through the draft because it's fun, but it is a lot of work. And uh, I've been burning it over at um, Rogue Analytics. We have the Athletic Matrix coming out here, hopefully the week after all of the Pro Days wrap up. We're still getting data all the time. And so Pro Days actually give you the athletic picture of what a player can be for you. And it's something that Sammy Watkins in particular scored really, really well on when he was coming out. And despite injuries, et cetera, that have plagued his career, he's always been that explosive athlete that carries through from the way that he tested before he was even drafted. And we do have an update. Sammy Watkins is off of the market and he has joined the Baltimore Ravens of all places. Did that catch you off guard? No. I think what caught me off guard more than anything was that they're giving him $5 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, great for him. If he can play, he's he'll be worth it. But that's the big thing. So, um, you know, I, to me, if you were going to do that kind of deal with Sammy Watkins, it would have been like maybe two million guaranteed and the rest as roster bonuses, or like game bonuses, I guess. Mm-hmm. Make sure that he's healthy, gets on the field and then he gets a bonus. That makes sense. Yep. Um, honestly, for the player, that's got to be what attracted him to that. I mean, if you're going to give me. Five mil, knowing that I have not put out the kind of snap count that that contract would generally garner in the last few years. I think that's a good deal for him. I can't blame him in terms of having to face him with uh, Lamar. I I don't know if the Chiefs have to really dig that. I mean, looking at it one on one, I think there's a player or two that can probably at least move with Sammy. But Sammy's a tough, strong guy. We'll see if he can stay healthy. But it may be something where they have a head to head in the future. Yeah, and I definitely think that's a possibility, and I think Kansas City will be okay with that. They're going to know what Watkins can do, and uh, I think that'll be all right. I think he could go off on that game because he's going to be looking at it as a revenge-type game, and I get that, but I think Kansas City will be in a good position, and I think they'll be all right regardless. One of the other things that came out that I think is very interesting, uh, and it was just announced before we started recording this podcast, looks like the NFL is going to seven week 17 and having 17 games in the season. And we'd know who Kansas City is going to be having as their 17th game this year. And who is that going to be? The Green Bay Packers. Oof. Aaron versus Patrick. It's like, what is it, Allstate? I used to always say that wrong. It is Allstate, isn't it? No, State Farm. God, see, I still say it wrong. <laughs> State, yeah, Farm State Farm will that weekend. <laughs> yeah, they will. And you know, we just got to hope that they actually get a play. Because uh, it seems like every time that they play each other, it's not one of them starting. So yeah, right. Uh, you know, we got to hope that that, that works out. And so the formula is you, it's going to be a interconference. It's going to be a cross conference game and it's going to be the same seed as you were two years ago, whatever division you played that year. So two years ago, Kansas City played the NFC North. So they're playing the first string team in the NFC North, which is the green Bay Packers. 
Interesting. Okay. So that, that's set at a preseason standings, right? We're not talking about a revolving, like flexible schedule. No, it's not flexible. Yeah. It's, it's built on who was the first string team in 2019. Gotcha. And Kansas city was first in ASC West and green Bay was first in the NFC North. So uh, it will always go that way. Well, just as an abstract, I like the concept because it shows you um, the, the change the trajectory for those two teams from where they were two seasons prior. I think that's an interesting aspect, but does seem like a little bit far-fetched. And I think this is going to be something that is going to add to what we have to consider when we talk about the longevity of a season, about uh, rookies hitting the wall, about veterans having to power through uh, an extra contest. That does make a big difference. And I'm sure the NFLPA will have some things about that as well. It's uh, I'm sure they will. It's a concern for me. What about you? Uh, a little bit, but you know, I think that it'll be okay. I think that you have to look at it and figure that this is how the NFL is going to continue to go is, you know, they're trying to find ways to make more money and they brought in an extra $10 billion. So, I mean, you know, what are you going to say at that point? I think, you know, the players aren't going to like it and I get that. Uh, it's an extra game for them. There's no extra bye weeks. Uh, so that's not a good situation for them. Um, but it's not surprising that the NFL went that way. No, it is, after all, a money-making venture. So I'm sure they will do all that they can to do that. There is just really quick, that also means that the Chiefs will play the New Orleans Saints next year mm-hmm. in that same cross-division or cross-conference rivalry. Yeah, that makes sense. It's going to be interesting. Uh, and everything goes into how they're going to play those games and what this, this roster is going to be at the time. And that's built in the draft. We're going to start talking draft in earnest here. Coming up after this break, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And bet online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the Chiefs, but what about the rest of the league? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by Peter Bukowski, and it's all about sports, all you need, all the news, every morning, and it's under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So just so you all know, the Locked On NFL Network, all the NFL teams, we have started our annual mock draft. You will hear this in the coming weeks. And luckily, we, as covering the team with the 31st pick, get to see a lot of evolution in these picks as things go on. Free agency is still open. You never know what's going to change. There are still trades out there. There is the Sam Darnold drama that I think will probably pull through for the next few weeks. Um, until something very close to the draft time happens. And so you will hear us do that pick. You will hear that over on Lockdown NFL, as well as here uh, we will clue you in. But it's got us on the draft path at this point, knowing that we're starting here next month. And one thing that we've been kicking around, the two of us, as the uh, virtual GMs of this organization, is who's worth trading up for? And at 31, uh, you know that you have to wait for things to fall. There is that option to trade back. I think that's always viable. And Generally, that's my preference, but we're not going to yeah. cover that today. Yeah, and I did put us out there to be able to trade back if somebody was interested in trading up to the first round uh, as a virtual GM. So just throwing that out there. 
Yeah, and I think that'll be interesting. I think that's where you get the value. Um, you lessen the impact of your first round or, or your top picks, but you do increase the depth, and I think you raise the floor on your draft overall when you do trade back. I think that's what the Patriots have done over the years. But we're going to take a different stack, and we're going to start on who the Chiefs might want to target to move up for, given where they sit right now today in their current roster. So um, generally, do you want to go by position, or do you have a, a player that you've fallen for? Do you have a draft crush at this point? No, I don't really have a draft crush. Uh, it's really hard for me to have a draft crush because it seems like Kansas City is so far back that anybody that would I would probably have a draft crush on uh, is going to be going in the early teens, and I don't see Kansas City moving up to that because they already did that a couple of years ago to get one MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and I think we can say that that worked out pretty well. Yeah, I would say it did, but you're not going to do that generally for anybody other than a QB. Right. And I think that did leave a taste in the mouth of both the Chiefs head coach and their GM because they've mentioned it over the last couple of years of finally having a first round pick again, you know, having that second that eluded them for a while. And so at this point, they have a fresh slate. They can move back if they want. We'll probably discuss that in the, in the coming weeks. But if they're going to target someone, I think that 10 spot that they went up for Patrick Mahomes, I think that's out of range here. Just in terms of mortgaging the future with draft picks. I don't think it's viable to go up there given what we saw. What um, it was a nine point jump to get up to three that cost them two future first round picks and a swap of this year's. That seems really, really expensive to me. It does. Although I will say this, and this is the one caveat that I will have: we don't know what's going to happen in the first ten, in the first ten picks. And since we don't know what's going to happen, I will say that. While I don't see it in the realm of possibility that they will trade up, I, I can't guarantee that on draft night. If somebody is, if they fall in love with somebody and, and they're dropping uh, because you're going to have so many QBs go in the first four picks or five picks, and you're going to have so many probably wide receivers go in the first, you know, 10 picks um, and, and maybe a tight end as well, I, I can't see them wanting to move up that far, but man, it wouldn't shock me. I, I would shock me. I would think that that is just the cost of it would have to be, even if you got the player that you wanted, who is the most impactful player in this draft for this team? It's not a quarterback, obviously, which is going to what drives most of the trades, right? Um, and That's true, but you absolutely need a left tackle. Right. And if you think that this guy is your left tackle for the next 10 years, to me, to protect Patrick Mahomes' blind side, that is worth it. Yeah, and, and that may very well be. That's my caveat. My, own, my only caveat will be is that I think there are two guys that are at the very head of the class in uh, Pede Sewell and Rashad Slater. And I think that there is an opportunity, as I see people who have uh, a lot more contacts inside the league than we do, seeing that because of the jump, effectively this draft starts at three now with the trade. I think that pushes the quarterbacks farther and farther and farther, right? And at first, we thought maybe there was going to be four first-round quarterbacks. Now it looks like there could be five. There could be three or four within the top ten. Mm -hmm. And I think depending on – there's one spot that I think could go tackle, but I think we could see both those top tackles fall outside the top ten if the premium is on the weapons, if it is on the uh, Chase and Smith and Waddle. I think those – three wide receivers along with uh, probably the best tight end prospect that we've seen in the last seven, eight years. 
in Pitts. I think those guys could drive it. And then we're talking where we're at pick eight now, and there hasn't been an offensive lineman if all those weapons and all those quarterbacks go. Yep. And that's exactly why I'm saying it wouldn't absolutely shock me. I don't expect it uh, because I do think that, that they want to hold their picks. But at the same time, everything and here's the other side of it. Look at how aggressive they were trying to get Trent Williams. Yeah, that's how much they feel like that is a hole. They were willing to make him the the highest paid offensive lineman in the NFL. And they didn't get it done. To me, that screams urgency. To me, that screams they feel like it has to be somebody that is a, a fantastic fit for this offense and a fantastic player. Uh, so that is the only reason I would see them wanting to trade up. Yeah. That high anyway. I can understand that. And when you look at Broncos are holding the uh, number nine, and they just gave Bowles an extension. So I think if they get past eight with no tackles, I don't think nine is going to be one either. You could put a question mark um, possibly at Dallas, but with Tyron Smith uh, on the roster there and, and knowing that right now Dak is coming back and you have to protect him from what was uh, a cataclysmic injury last year, I think that could be viable, but they have to be pretty happy with their rosters too. So then it gets into where do you have to go to if you want, and I assume that left tackle is your primary focus. If it's up to you, how high are you willing to go just behind those picks. That's a, that's a question I can't answer. I, you know, I look at it and the other side of this that I don't know right now, and this is really where it's going to get to become a key for me is you don't know where people are. I'm sorry, not where people are. You don't know if they're going to end up with anybody between now and the draft. Mm -hmm. We're drafting as, as of right now, right now they have no one. So to me, it's an urgent need. But by draft day, it may not be. Well, I'll tell you this. Even if they do sign a veteran, I think it's still maybe not, you know. It's not going to be urgent, though. That's the thing. It might, though, because of the free agents available that you could sign to to be the the bridge. I don't think any of them are worth more than two years. I don't even know that there's anybody worth a single year contract. So that still makes it an urgency in my mind. Well, but it changes the amount of urgency, I guess, in my mind. Yeah, I, I can see that dumping down a tier. What's interesting to me, and this is what I've been kind of mulling over since this trade happened for three with San Francisco, is that as we currently sit, there's been two trades, and it's Philadelphia in the 12th spot. A team that has a long relationship with Andy Reid and Brett Veach. I can't imagine that unless they feel really good about Jalen Hurts, that they're willing to move back out of that pick. But if they did, that's probably the most likely in terms of having a relationship that you can call upon on to try to get some kind of blockbuster done. Yeah, I could see that. And I've heard different people talking about Philadelphia and the fact that a lot of their fans are pissed off because they moved out of six to go and back to 12. They weren't going to get the QBs that they wanted at six. Anyway, they were going to have to trade up if they wanted to go get a QB. So if you have faith in Jalen hurts, then you're not going to want to do that. You're going to want to add weapons around him. And at 12, honestly, they might be in a bad spot there because wide receivers, one of their biggest needs and they traded out of their best spot to possibly get a top one. Well, and that's what's got me le- feeling like maybe they're going to be open to that because the cupboard might be bare for what they felt they needed to do at 12, but maybe they feel at 31 they can still get their secondary objectives done. I don't know. But for when we look at that group, we have Sewell, we have Slater. I think those are, guys are going to be right up there in that uh, 11 to 15 range. 
I know you think, you, they, you think they fall to 11. I think they could. Um, we'll see how the, how the hype train rolls, but it seems like they're outside of one spot that I think could go. I think that you, you could see them both in the early teens, but that said that that's huge. Right. But that said, Darius, I think will be a mid round pick. And then we have a couple of others. And I think we need to get into specifics about those players. We'll do that coming up next. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. Now's the time to find out which Built Bar is best. It's Built Bar Madness. Their daily matchups as all the high powered flavors go head to head. Go to BuiltBar.com or at BuiltBar on Twitter. Check out the matchup and vote in the Built Bar bracket. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Check back and see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. So clearly this segment has turned into two and we'll just kind of roll with it. But, <laughs> uh, there's so Funny many how options. that happens, right? Yeah, and you know, you get talking concepts and things change. So the interesting it's, thing to me... It's always, it's always fun about the draft. Go ahead, sorry. I don't know how much you've had a chance to look because I know how busy you are. But the interesting thing to me is there seems to be a media presence for a guy named Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan, who I don't think is a first rounder. I don't think he will be taken in the first round. So I'm going to take him off the board. So what stands out to me is probably the third tackle on my board, at least as it stands right now. And what I'm hearing from the professionals seems to be the same is the Virginia Tech uh, Christian Derisaw which I have to think is going to be if the other two fall into the early, you know, 10, 12, maybe even 13, 14 range. That pushes Darisaw down a little bit, I think. And maybe it's high teens. Maybe it's 20 at that particular pick for him. And I don't know because of the, I mean, he's got the size and the strength and everything that you would want, but the fit is a little bit, I'm not, 100% 100% if they're going to buy into a top 15 pick worth going up to get that particular player. How do you feel about getting into the late teens and what it would take to move up to there? I'd feel okay with that if they think that they're going to get a guy that can be a stud for 10 years. Okay. Um, and that's really what it comes down to for me is you have to get in, you have to go into this draft. And one of the things that they have obviously targeted this year is trying to get their offensive line better. Uh, Tooney is going to be a great start, but you still have a hole right now at center. You still have a hole at left tackle. You could make an argument that you still have a hole at right guard, and you still have a little bit of a question at right tackle, even though they have Mike Rimmers and probably Niang as well. But those are still questions. So to me, you still have a lot of places that you need to put players. That's a fair point. And I think any anywhere in that range could possibly happen. Chris Greer has obviously shown the GM of the Miami Dolphins that he's willing to go wherever he feels he can go and still move around continually. I could see him allowing the Chiefs to trade up to 18, which he currently holds, moving back to 31, and then he can just continue from there because it seems like he's got enough deals in the swing that he can move to wherever he wants. He, it's kind of a change for them, and I, I like it. I don't know I have to about ask this really quick though. When you're talking about Miami, doesn't it seem like they're setting themselves up to have a ton of picks for something in particular? 
Possibly, yeah. Setting up that multiple first round trade all the way back up to something. Um, it, and I think it's. No, I'm not even radical. thinking that. I, I'm thinking oh. there's a certain uh, there's a certain player in Texas that's very unhappy with his team right now. Um, there is that. Yeah. That that situation has been so convoluted because of what's going on off the field. I am just not sure how to read that. I'm I'm going to take it at, at this point that maybe that's preparing for the future so that you're buying yourself a, a treading water year with your just coming off his half rookie season to Otago Bailoa to see what you have in there and a little more extended evaluation and then propping up uh, what is going to be in the top of that next draft. I think that's an interesting concept. I think it's a smart one on their part. I don't know about trading with Washington. I don't know the history there. New GM in place, Jason Wright, as well as uh, the two that stand out to me are pick 20 is the Chicago Bears with Matt Nagy heavily influencing that organization. He and Ryan Pace are kind of tied for their job status, I think, this year. The fire's yeah, get underneath them. Do you think that they really want to trade back with the Chiefs, the team that took Patrick Mahomes instead of them taking Mahomes instead of Trubisky? I mean... I understand what you're saying, but to me, I, with everything on the line for them, I don't know that trading back is really going to benefit them, uh, mainly because they have to get a marquee player. They do, uh, but honestly, they could use a couple of them. They That's just true. lost Kyle Fuller. Like There are a number of things that they need to fill, so I, I just don't know. I'm, I'm basing it on what comes back down in this league's relationships. And whatever the history is, I don't think that's going to come into the equation very much. Uh, no, I understand. I just... Like I just like talking about it. It's still funny to me. So they're at 20 and then the Indianapolis Colts are at 21. And you know that Veach has Ballard on speed dial. They might vacation together for all I know. Um, but I find that an interesting one as well. Like if you have to get something done and I feel like with the Carson Wentz arrival, yes, they have, uh, they have some needs along their offensive line as well. But if those selections are gone, that's why I find it interesting that maybe these relationships are what things fall back upon in order to try to get something done. Definitely could. I will say, you know, they have a left tackle need as well. So yeah, that's a big question right now to me is, is are they going to play into their big need? Because Costanzo retired and I guarantee you they didn't see that coming. I would think not. But, you know, I, I don't know the Chiefs saw what happened to them either. And I think it comes down to when you get to 20, if the top three tackles are off the board, including Derrissaw, and you're the Colts or the Chiefs at that point, I don't know that you see any reason to trade up because I think uh, the guy who's number four on my board right now is Liam Eikenberg. And I think he should uh, be right around that area. He might be available for the Chiefs. I think Tevin Jenkins is a right tackle. He has played left in the past, but I don't think you can put your eggs in his basket to come in and walk in and be your starting left tackle. Um, so I think he's going to be available after the Chiefs select. So the, the question for me comes down to Sam Cosme out of Texas, um, who's played a lot. He is right now, in terms of the testing, that has been completed the most athletic tackle in this draft. Uh, and I think he's going to be available at 31. So I, I wonder if the impetus is not there at that point at 20 or whatever, and maybe the Chiefs have another thing that they want to trade up for and try to go get an impact player uh, maybe to catch passes. I'm not sure. That's probably a whole different conversation, but does that it's a completely different, it's a different, it's a completely different conversation. And I don't know how you have that conversation. If you still don't have anybody at left tackle right now. And here's my reasoning, because if you're going to trade up to go get somebody, 
you're going to have to give up your other assets and more than likely it's going to include your second round pick. So now you're trading back to having just a third round pick to maybe you'll get a left tackle. I mean, that doesn't seem like that's something that you'd really want to do. So I agree. Um, big questions there in my, in, in my mind, I, I like the thought of going and getting another pass catcher, but the other problem is, is all your blue chip, blue chip guys are probably gone in the first 10 picks. Mm-hmm. And, and just like the tackles. So at this point, I feel like Eichenberg is a possible to be there. I feel like Cosme will be there at 31. I feel like Jenkins will be there at 31. Um, and like I said, that's more of a, a dice roll to move him over to left. There are other guys that will be available later, and maybe they like them. Maybe like they like their upside. There's a guy that reminds me of Eric Fisher, but I don't think you have to take him until the third round. So there's a couple of things there. So at this point, if you can't get up to, like, what, the mid to late teens to get Derisaw, I think you're probably just as good standing pat and taking one of those three guys, which is probably the most likely scenario at this point. Could be. And honestly, like we've said before, when we started this, it's going to depend on how the draft shakes out. Right now, we're seeing a run on QBs and wide receivers. Is that really what's going to play out on draft day? You would think that that's going to be the way it's going to play out because you have so many blue chip players at those positions. But at the same time, maybe since you have so many blue chip players, it pushes some of them down the board. Could very well be. And I think the same can probably be said for a lot of the wide receiver class. And I think tomorrow we will have a conversation about where they are and what they are doing. So we want to say thank you to all of you for all of your reviews on iTunes. Keep those coming. Let us know what you think. And let us know at Locked On Chiefs on Twitter. Give us your draft thoughts on this tackle situation right now and, uh, you know, other positions as well. I think we'll continue this and kind of bridge over to the pass catchers tomorrow. But thanks for listening to us today. And we'll talk to you then. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.